Howdy everyone and welcome to Rough Talk with Al the Dog Trainer. I'm Al Longoria and I'll be your host today. You can expect several things from this podcast. Rough Talk is going to be a series of audio experiences covering my day-to-day interactions with my clients and their dogs, as well as content from my live shows and anything else I can think of that may bring you value. It is my hope that this content will help you raise a happy and reliable dog. Howdy, everyone. Welcome to episode number three of Rough Talk. I'm Al, the dog trainer. In this episode, you will hear the audio from my question and answer show number 44. I'll be going over training tools for deaf dogs, drills and practice, unwanted jumping, and more. All this is coming up next. If you have any questions, you can hit me up on Twitter. My handle is AlTheDogTrainer. I do have one special announcement this week. I know many of you are needing help with training your dog and sometimes just need a question answered without the hassle of hiring a dog trainer. So I've started Al's Dog Training Tip Line. You can send me your questions, pictures, and videos of what's going on, and then I'll personally get back to you to answer with something that's going to be meaningful. So get your phone ready and add me to your contacts. That number is 832-378-8529. 832-378-8529. All right, here's the audio from episode number 44. Well, howdy, everyone. It's Al, the dog trainer. Welcome to episode uh, number 44 of Ask Al. Uh, If this is your first time watching one of these, uh, welcome. If you are coming back, uh, I appreciate you watching more than one episode of these. Uh, This is my good friend, Mandy Yates. She'll be asking the questions that you guys have uh, given us over the course of the week. Uh, But for those of you guys who don't know who I am, um, like I said, my name is Al Longoria. I am a dog trainer in Houston, Texas. I am coming up on a, a decade of professionally training dogs. Um, and that also probably means that I've been training dogs uh, uh, for fun for the last, uh, for almost 15 years now. Um, but I do a lot of different things with families. Uh, that's the main thing I do is I help families raise their pet dogs, uh, anywhere from teaching the most basic of stuff like getting dogs to stay, getting dogs to walk nicely on the leash, getting dogs to lay down on their bed, those types of things. Uh, we we get them to stay, walk on a leash, and come and call. I actually just gave a stay command to my dog that's off the set over here. She thought that it was a good time to start getting excited. And I'm like, no, it's not quite a good time to get excited. But anyway, the general format of these is, um, you know, we have a list of questions that people have asked, like you guys have asked during the week. So if you actually are watching this right now and you have a question about your dog, what we'll do is we'll interrupt some of the other questions uh, that we've got and make sure that your your question uh, gets priorities. I do have a couple of things that I want to start off talking about before we really get into the, before we really get into the questions. But hey, uh, feel free uh, to ask anything you want. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the questions tonight uh, is, uh, can my dog get a, an STD? So yes, um, mm-hmm. I will give a response uh, to that to that question. I don't know that I'm necessarily going to be able to give you an answer, but uh, yeah, I'm very yes. curious. Yeah, I'm pretty kind of curious to see. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I've been contemplating how I'm going to answer that one or how I'm going to respond to that I'm one for a little too, bit. I'm curious too, but we're so going to find we're out. Going to, we're going to find out. So, hey, appreciate each, every, each and every one of you. You're, if you're new to the channel, please make sure that you hit that subscribe button and then click the notification bell. That way you know uh, each and every time that we are going live. We generally, generally do these about every other week 
on Sundays at 8 p.m. So, hey, thanks so much for being here. It looks like Mandy's all caught up with all I'm the... Good. She I'm types good. really, really fast, and so and I talk fast, too, so that's uh, it's a dangerous combination. Uh, so, uh, so I'm just anyway. providing the link to the show. Yeah, well, yeah I know. You, you all right. did a good job. So, okay, so what's... Uh, yeah, so uh, what's uh, what's uh, number one? Or what, okay. like really question one, but you know. Question one. Um, the day-to-day -day of raising a dog drills practice in real life. You know, it's not so much a question, you, you know, but really like something that I want to talk about because in this space we're normally answering, answering questions and um, one of the things that I've noticed about, one of the things I've noticed about these live question and answer shows is that People tend to ask questions about how to stop behaviors, um, and that's all good. You know, I like talking about how to stop behaviors. Um, the bad thing about that is when you actually talk about stopping behaviors, you're actually talking about the process of punishment, which from, a, a, I guess, a behavioral standpoint, that means the reduction of rate of behaviors, and that tends to mean things that the dog would consider unpleasant. It doesn't mean injurious or anything like that, but talking about uh, you know, unpleasant things. So what I want to talk about a little bit is really more about like, you know, how do you look at your life with your dog, you know, the day-to-day -day with your dog. So from teaching them to practicing, uh, to practicing with them, to drilling yourself, to practicing with yourself, and then also just to living life with dogs. So let me kind of start off with just maybe a few definitions, a, a couple of, well, a few different definitions of things that I consider. So teaching. So teaching is actually when like you, you take your dog, you've got their food, you've got a particular skill in mind that you actually want to teach your dog. There's nothing else in the environment so you could likely be in your living room. And then you go out and you set about the process of introducing your dog to some piece of information that you want them to know. If you're watching any of the videos on this channel, you're going to see that a lot of the videos that I personally make and the ones that I'm putting out, um, those are ones where I am teaching a dog how to do that. The, the advantage of that, especially in our virtual reality videos or even in the standard format videos, is that you get to be observ uh, an observer in there. So as a human, you're watching, you're kind of taking it in. But teaching is just when you're showing the dog the specific thing that you want it to do or a set of specific things. For example, when we're teaching a stay to the dog, that this is, this is an action that we want you to take, we want you to, to sustain this particular position, and that when you break this particular position, that's where all the non-reward comes. And so we begin to make statements like that, but the dog has to understand that through a teaching lesson. Okay, so teaching is when you're showing the dog pieces of information. So what's next? Practicing, okay. So when you're practicing with the dog, the dog has previously already learned how to do something, okay? You've already gone through that teaching, uh, teaching process. And now what you're doing is you're beginning to include different distractions, like the doorbell ringing, or you know jumping up and down because the Texans scored a touchdown, or, or any number of things, or like you're cooking food, or you're opening the oven, or you're answering your cell phone. These are the times that you're going to take the skills that the dog has previously learned, and then you're gonna practice inside of your day-to-day -day life. Now, let me go over to the human side here. That's what the dog, the dog needs to, you need to teach the dog and you gotta practice with the dog in the reality of your life. However, 
Maybe you're not so good at that. I know I wasn't always good at all these different things. So this is when it's time for you to drill. You drill together with your dog. And what that means is you, you, know, you follow maybe some simple steps and you get real repetitive at the same moves over and over. So that way your dog and that you also understand how to coordinate yourself to be able to communicate in a way that the dog can really understand. Now, one of the rubs in there, whenever you're teaching a dog is, the big rub is, can you sometimes be patient enough to let the dog solve the problem without you actually giving any information? And do you know, you know, when is it a good time to move on from that? And that's kind of a tough one. I'd encourage you to watch any, like watch me on any of the videos and the amount, the amount of patience that I deploy anytime that I'm actually drilling with a dog and also when I'm teaching. Okay, so now we've covered teaching and practicing with the dog. We've covered drilling with yourself. So if you can really hit all three of those, okay, that you can drill for yourself, understand how to communicate, you've taught the dog what you want, then you truly get to practice with the dog all the different skills that the dog could possibly do. Now, if your dog doesn't know how to do something, but you need to get into somewhere in the environment, this is where your equipment becomes paramount because your equipment can give you the physical control to be able to move the dog safely in the space that you're in without having to truly rely on your voice commands. But a truly trained dog is one that can not only understand the circumstance without voice commands, but that can also respond to voice commands uh, with a single voice command and that they're, they look happy doing it. All right, so just wanted to go over that for you guys because I think that it's important to, under, to understand, you know, how do you go about on a day-to-day -day basis and maybe understanding some of those definitions. And I hope that's useful. Um, yeah, and if it is, you know, drop a comment down below. Is it, has, uh, do, are we getting any comments quite yet? None, none, no, none, in fact, none. I saw it freeze up, so I was scared for a second. Okay. I guess everything's okay. No comments. Okay, yeah, let me, let me see if it's, you know, what it's looking like on it's my end. It's playing again, so I guess it's Okay, not. well, I'm going to make sure that it's there. Yeah, because sometimes, you know, we get viewers. So, and like, hey, if, uh, uh, so I can see that we do have some viewers. So, hey, guys, if you wouldn't mind just saying hello. Hey, Maria, so glad that you're here. I hope you and Kaiser are, are, are doing great. I love all the, all the pictures that you guys are putting up. So, um, but yeah, hey, appreciate you being here. Thank, thanks, so, thanks so much for joining us tonight. If you have any questions, make sure to drop them. Or if you, uh, uh, yeah, if you have any questions, definitely, definitely let me know. All right, so what's next? Okay. Um, how do you get your dog to be cautious near cars? Mine has no natural fear or avoidance of cars. He doesn't even acknowledge them. You know, the thing about cars, okay, and obviously very, very dangerous. Uh, if you have a dog that's chasing after cars, like, and I see this a lot, uh, especially out here, uh, I live in Crosby, so that's a, a suburb of Houston, but uh, there's some back roads here where you'll see like dogs in the front yard and the dogs are, you know, running, al running along the fence. Well, obviously in those situations, the dog is super aware, uh, is super aware of the cars. Um, but like, how about if your dog is really kind of not aware? Well, I'm just going to make it really easy. Like if they're not aware and they're attentive to you, you don't necessarily need to bring a ton of awareness to a ton of awareness to the dog. Now, I, you probably do need to bring awareness to a dog that is actively chasing after cars. So that's the dog that I would actually be worried about. I wouldn't be worried about or concerned with the dog that isn't paying attention because subconsciously, if your dog 
if your dog isn't already interested in them, there isn't something that's suddenly going to happen now that's going to make the dog all of a sudden really, really interested in them. Now, look, I, obviously you can't predict everything, but I wouldn't want to create any avoidance for a dog that was already kind of like passive about, uh, you know, about that. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have some rules about like, you know, sidewalk walking, um, crossing streets and things like that. Uh, and maybe instead of maybe instead of thinking about like the dog not uh, maybe instead of making the dog avoid the cars, maybe teach the dog like, hey, you're not allowed to step off the curb, you know, without me or you're not allowed uh, you're not allowed to uh, be at the end of the leash. Those kinds of boundaries are ones that are going to be practically every time the dog is with you. So I think that that could actually be really useful. Um, yeah, there's ways to make a dog avoidant for cards that is passive right now, but there's no way that I'm going to recommend any of those types of techniques for the dog just because it's they're already pa they're already passive to begin with. There's a couple of dogs on Highway 90 on the way here. Jeez, you know, man, like I was driving back from somewhere yesterday, and uh, yeah, you know what? It might have been Highway 90. Um, and they were just uh, in the media. Were they in the media? They medium? were on the shoulder, but I mean, man, like that's just that's just uh, scary for me. Like, and every time my my heart goes out to those dogs that are on there. You know, one thing that you know maybe folks can do, and this is what I do in those situations. So. Uh, I drive quite a bit for those of you guys that don't know. I drive probably about 800 miles a week here just in the city. Um, I, I have an app that actually tells me how much I drive. I'm, I'm in the car literally about 24 hours a week. Man, I'm so super excited about that, about getting to see all you guys. But just going back to my point, um, I use an app called Waze. And um, maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. But every time I navigate somewhere, I always have it on. Now, I don't always navigate. But one of the really cool things about this app is that you can send alerts. Or you can receive alerts. So, like, if you're speeding, uh, then it actually would tell you that you're speeding. Oh. So, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Maybe? That's why I don't use it. Yeah. You know, so, well, well, no, no, it'll tell you that there's cops. I'm sorry. That's what I meant to say. Okay, yeah. So, if you're, if right, you're speeding. Right as I'm passing them. I right as you're passing them. Yeah. No, it actually is pretty good about giving alerts. But... So if you see a stray if you see a stray dog on the side of the road and you're using the app Waze, you can actually go into the app and send like an alert and say that there's animals on the shoulder. Even if they're on the road, I think that you should do that. That's something that I do that's to be able idea. to to be able to protect the animals because you know that's the last thing that like I never want to yeah. see that. And unfortunately, I've seen that a couple of times, and it's just not. There's anything. no way someone could stop. I mean, there's no way, man. Like if you go, if, like if, if you're going 75, there's mm -hmm. there's virtually no chance that you're going to have to stop, and the dog, with all of its reflexes, just isn't going to be able to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. So, so that's just one useful way that if if you're navigating with the Waze app, you can send an alert and let other drivers know that there are animals, um, and the app does a pretty good job of notifying people. Uh, perhaps maybe somebody that isn't in such a hurry can go and save those animals off the road. All right, so what, yeah, what's next? What is a good tool to help train a deaf dog? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a good question. We get a lot of, we get a lot of these types of questions. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, you know, as a, a professional dog trainer, I really take it upon myself to understand how a variety of tools work. Um, and in those set of tools, uh, there are remote callers. And so, you know, and sometimes they're actually called shock collars. I'm not a fan of the name because like the, the name shock collar says that when you press the button, like Zeus is going to send down a lightning bolt and strike your dog and make your dog magically obedient. Well, that's not actually the case. 
However, um, however, when I think about this and I think about deaf dogs, I actually ran across a tool the other day that I thought that was actually useful. And it is a remote collar, but I'm gonna go ahead and grab it real quick. It is a remote collar and it's actually made uh, by eCollar Technologies. Um, I actually have the transmitter from the uh, mini educator right here. But if you look at this receiver right here that I have, on the back of most, uh, the back of most remote callers and electronic callers, there are probes right here that would actually make contact uh, with, uh, with the dog and apply electrical stimulus to let, the dog, uh, to let the dog know that you're trying to send some information. Well, this particular one doesn't have that, but what it does have is that there's a motor in there, and I'm not sure if you can hear that against the microphone, but there's a little bit of vibration on there. So this remote caller for your deaf dog, um, it actually could be really, really useful. There's a hundred different levels on there, um, and level one, it, you probably, you might not even be able to hear it, but I'm going to put the, uh, put it right next to the microphone here, and I'm going to vibrate it. And you might be able to hear that that's the motor buzzing, but man, just a really nice tool. You guys can probably hear that coming through on the microphone. But it's just a really nice tool to be able to use with your deaf dog to be able to get some attention. Maybe you could create a series of patterns that uh, could give the dog a recall command, maybe an attention command or different things. But I just saw this. Somebody had asked me a question uh, earlier on the YouTube channel, and I thought that it was, uh, I thought that this was a really good way uh, to be able to to be able to communicate more clearly with a dog, and for those of y'all that did not want to use uh, electrical stimulation from an e-collar, you could definitely use a the pager only option, um, and I think that that's actually pretty good. Uh, if you're wondering about the part number, uh, the part number for the uh, for the receiver is the PG300, and that's made by e-collar Technologies. Okay, uh, what's next? Um, what are some resources that can help me train my dog? Well, you know, we put out a lot of different resources, and one of the things I started doing, I actually kind of went old school, and what I mean by old school is I actually stopped handing out business cards about about a year ago, and now um, I'm actually starting to, starting to carry these around. So if you look on the back of my business card, you can see that we've got all sorts of different things that we do. Gracie's probably putting up a graphic right now on the, on the screen. But look, there's a ton of different resources, and I just want to cover, that, cover those real quick for you guys. If you're watching this, and let's just say that you prefer to read content and not necessarily spend all your time on you know, Facebook and Instagram and even here on YouTube, we have a pretty terrific blog. There are... I want to say that there's probably close to 50 to 100 articles on our blog that show you all sorts of different things that we're doing. And our blog, um, you know, you can simply find that uh, at our website. So I'm going to go ahead and put that up on this, up on the screen right now. So you know, you can you can go and visit LongoriaHouse.com and you can find the blog on there. And so when you're on there, man, there's just a ton of articles. Uh, there to be able to help you. There's ways for you to be able to connect with us and leave comments on there. And I, I go through those, read those comments. I do respond back. Um, you know, I'm also on Twitter right now. And so Twitter, if you want to just leave a message, maybe if you're listening, uh, yeah, if you want to send us a message on Twitter, that you, you can just find me at Al the Dog Trainer. Uh, yeah, there we go. There's all the graphics that I was talking about. So you can see my Twitter handle on there. Um, I put out some useful information on there. I don't admittedly do a lot of it, but I am trying to incorporate it into my day-to-day -day that I am trying to put out relevant, useful information to help you with your dog. 
but the reason I'm going to actually get a lot busier with Twitter is uh, we're actually going to be launching our podcast, uh, Rough Talk, here in the next couple of weeks. Actually, this recording will be on that podcast. So, hey, if you're listening to this right now and you're in your car uh, driving around listening to the podcast, thanks so much for listening. But if you have questions, if you have questions uh, or comments about the podcast or even here, you can just tweet them at me at Al the Dog Trainer. Um, we're also in your Amazon Echo. Uh, if you go to your uh, Alexa app on your phone, you'll see, uh, boy, this contact is just like being nuts right now. Anyway. My started bothering me too. And yeah, I don't even, I don't even know. Yeah, it's just like on. being kind of crazy right now. But anyway, so, you know, if you go into your Amazon uh, Alexa scale, you, uh, you can find, you can find, she's probably going to start talking to me. Yeah, she's. Yeah, you can go into you can go into the uh, the you know the Amazon Echo female artificial intelligence thing because I forget to mute her. Uh, but you can go in there, and we have some skills in there that could be really useful. We have our dog uh, daily dog training tips, as well as we have the thing that I'm most excited about is we have the artificial intelligence version of me in there. So you get to ask me questions in there, and we answer those here on the on the live show. So. But yeah, like we have all these different resources for you. Um, they're, we're really putting a lot of effort. I'm putting a tremendous amount of effort to make sure that they're the best that they can possibly be. And I'm always looking to just provide more value for you guys. I just love getting stories about like, hey, my dog is doing so well. They were able to do this for the first time. Heck, like even this week I was with a client and this is really where, you know, the rubber hits the road for me. With a client, hadn't been able to walk his dog in two and a half years. And, you know, 15 minutes into our session, you know, his dog was walking nicely or better than it ever had on a leash. Still have a way to go, but the dog started making progress. The, you know, my client came in, was kind of emotional that he finally was able to walk his dog. And it wasn't something that was like that you're going to have to give up all hope. You know, there's very, very few dogs out there that are, that are hopeless. We really help a ton of them. But, you know, some dogs, okay. You know, some, some of you guys provide me with a lot of work with some really challenging dogs. Um, but, you know, just got to... Got to keep at it, but hey, all those resources are there for you guys. Um, be sure that you check. Be sure you check them out. But uh, yeah, I think they're they're really good. And if, yeah, if you don't agree, please let me know, and I'm gonna keep working to make them better. So, all right, what's what's next? Next is how do I get my dog to stop jumping on people? How many times do you think that we've been asked this question? Every week. Yeah, every week we 44 get forty-four times. Yeah, forty-four <laughs> times. And like, and, and what Mandy doesn't know is like when I was you know prepared, you know getting some of the questions. I counted the number of times that this question was actually uh -huh. asked. I got nine. Nine times, you know, with people using their, their, uh, their Amazon Echo to ask this particular question. You know, how do I get my dog to stop jumping? Boy, it's just difficult for us. You figure out a way to just... Uh... Well, yeah, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult for people to understand how, how to stop jumping. And because, like, so why does it happen? What what because what's the dog your dog is excited? Is it happy? Yeah, because they they're so happy to see you. Yeah, and that's what. Uh, yeah, I just did a. I just made a piece of content on that today about. Yeah, you're coming in and you get excited. You don't realize this the tone of your voice. And Jared does this. I got into Jared. I'm like, when you come in, don't raise your voice. It's hard though, man. Yeah, because he's like, hey, how are you doing? You know, you you want it's his sense. Well, the, yeah. And I think we were raised that way. Like when you walked in the door, like what did I do? Hola, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, and just yeah. it, your voice comes up. And so 
So if you're if you're doing that, if you're doing that, then your dog is probably be like, oh, well, this is this is the right way that I that I should do it. So, like you know, jumping jumping is a problem, and and your dog and your dog go to your bed. Yeah, go back to your bed. You know, your dog your dog does get excited, um, and but sometimes like you might be at the end of you might be at the end of a long day, you might be at the end of a long day, and that's the last thing that you want. Mm-hmm. And so really before you start blaming your dog, you know, for jumping, you got to maybe take a look at some of the other people in your household and not blame them, but definitely you got to ask them for help. Mm-hmm. Okay. And look, I, I'll tell you this, you know, I'm thinking, now I'm thinking about Jared, you know, if Jared's walking in the door in your home and yeah. you got to help him, right? You got to help him and you got to show, you got to show the dogs uh-huh. on, on two, on two fronts that well, this person is not going to get excited because we don't want you to jump all over us. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing that, you know, Jared has to do or anybody that represents him, the person walking in, is could you use your cell phone to call the people that are inside the house to say, hey, let's see if we can, if we can get a, a handle on this problem. Well, I've been, yeah, because I can see him pull up on the camera. And so I've been taking the smaller dogs and putting them in the bedroom because they also yeah they anyway and then you know the ranger should have the slip leash on and yeah and you know and, and and so but sometimes like it's kind of a hassle to put a slip leash on is it isn't it it's a hassle for him to be wearing it around it's well that's why you know like there's a tool i don't have my bag here with me but there's a tool called the pro slip collar yeah I need and this is a you know this is a, about a 10 to 12 dollar collar that's available on our store but if you if you have that collar on the dog, it at least gives the person that's walking in, if nobody else is really helping, a way to be able to get a handle on the dog and to be able to get to help begin to calm the dog in that situation. Mm-hmm. Because really, like, you know, nobody should be doing it, but it's gonna be it's gonna be elbows and 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 and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and you pushing, right? Yeah. Elbows, elbows, knees and and, and pushes and so like you shouldn't treat your dog like that because yeah. your dog's just happy mm-hmm. is just happy to see you mm-hmm. now one of the things i'm going to tell you guys is i actually handle this differently in my home than what i actually give advice for i do give advice for most people to, to calm their dogs down but what i do is i actually teach my dogs a couple a few skills the one skill that i'm really looking at teaching my dog is how to get in between my legs uh, for healing and so what happens there is when my dog is excited, I tell my dog this command, which they know is something that, that I want them to do, and that will yield a toy or some kind of exciting mm-hmm. play. And because of the chain reaction that I do that, then I give my dog's excitement of an avenue to be able to go instead of asking yeah. them to, mm-hmm. to bring it down. So teaching your dog to become calm asks you to get calm, but if you can teach your dog how to focus their energy into an obedience skill, something active like Mm -hmm. healing or running to their place or something like that, then you can actually use that in a way that isn't jumping on you. Mm -hmm. And so that's actually what I like to do instead of bringing the dog down. But yeah, you know, there's... There's a lot of different ways to get your dog to stop to stop jumping on people, but I would encourage you to be prepared yourself with equipment, have a plan, even if it's a bad plan, start putting that plan into action, and then it'll actually get developed better and better, but you guys, like any of you guys that are watching this that know me well at all, 
know that I'm gonna recommend place training because that's just the easiest way to go to be able to get a handle on the jumping. Mm -hmm. All right, next. Okay, um, how, how do I train a dog to stay? Well, the, the main thing is, is to bring a tremendous amount of value to the dog. It's been said over and over to me as I ask the question. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm teaching the dog any kind of the stays. If it's a play stay, a down stay, or sit stay. And people, and I'll ask people, what are you getting out of this? And one of the most common answers that I get from people is, I didn't really realize the number of repetitions and how much patience you deploy whenever you're doing this. And boy, man, like when I get down there to teach a dog something, there is, I bring so much value to the dog. And I'll challenge you, if you're watching this right now and you're struggling with your stays, the first thing that I want you to do is I really want you to get to know your dog a little bit better. So let me give you something practical. I want you to go to the pet store tomorrow morning or as soon as this show is over, or right now if you're watching it in the middle of the day, go to the pet store, pick up three different types of treats for your dog. Pick up a beef treat, a chicken treat, and a salmon treat. And then come home and see if you can tell a difference between which one of those your dog likes better. I want you to maybe do four pieces, one at a time, and see if your dog has a better reaction to any one of those. Once you discover the one that your dog actually likes more, I want you to begin to store that in your head that say, hey, that one is really valuable to my dog. You're gonna then take that one, and then the way that you want your dog to stay, whether it's place, down, sit, you know, stand for those of you guys that are competing in competitive dog sports, but for any, but figure out the stay that you want, the place, the down, the sit, or the stand. And then as soon as you get your dog, as soon as you get your dog into that position, start feeding them with that thing. Don't be going super fast, but at a nice steady rate and a very calm voice as you do that. You can watch that on any of the YouTube videos that we're putting out, but start delivering that to your dog over and over. Now, the one caveat here is, is in order for you to continuously be rewarding the dog, the dog has to be in the exact position that you want them to learn. If they're not, you need to help them, not shove them, not correct them, help the dog figure out the position, get back into it, and then continue the steady, steam of, steady stream of rewards. Once you've done that, you need to probably drill this two or three days for your dog to really understand that this is a pretty significant thing to my owner. Maybe I should start doing that. As you're doing it the first day, don't even say stay, don't even say sit. But day two, start adding that word in there, okay? And that'll really help you to be able to do that. But if you're looking to get a better stay and you're, you're frustrated and you're upset because your dog won't do it, I understand because we've all been there. Just make sure that you deploy as much value as you can to the dog. Um, and if you do that, and then you uh, show them clearly where the boundary is, what makes them stop getting the reward, and what turns the leash on, your dog is going to figure it out. Okay. All right, next. How do I make my dog stop barking at other dogs from the window, in the window? In the window, from the window? Yeah. One of those. Yeah. So... <laughs> 
Well, the first thing is you could buy a windowless home, right? You could go to prison. They have time care. And so, so man, Mandy likes windows, okay? So, I do like windows. Yeah, well, my whole, the whole back of my uh -huh. house is nothing but windows. Man, and I, and I love windows. Look, it's a tough thing, man. It's, it's, it's a tough thing. I've given a lot of advice, but I'll, I'll tell you guys one piece of advice that I hadn't actually given before in this particular home. So this particular home, they had, uh, they had the window there and the window, you know, came up about waist high. Uh, you will start it at, at about waist high and they had some kind of, uh, I don't want to say a bench, but like, a, oh my gosh, like I can't even think, like, like a trunk. They had a, yeah, they had a trunk in front of the window and the dog would jump up there and the neighborhood was passing by and the dog's just going absolutely crazy. So what I told them to do, because I saw this in a home many years ago, is there is actually a, a mat that you can lay on there that whenever anybody makes contact with that mat, it emits a high beeping, very annoying sound. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you the way that I discovered it, I was at a client's home, I was training with her Doverman, oh I mean, it was probably four or five years ago. And I went to sit on the couch and I had no idea what this lady had on her on her on her couch. I sat down and that thing beeped. It's kind of you know kind of scared me a little bit. But but like that could be a really effective way. Uh, it's I want to say that it's called a scat mat, and there are two varieties. There's a variety that does use a wire in there that's powered by like a nine volt battery. But I think that that would be really effective to also put the sound-based one uh, because that sound is uh, very close to the most annoying sound in the whole world. And so if you, you put that up there and the dog gets up there and hears that, probably going to just startle and, you know, run right off of that. But that's, that's one good way. That's one good way to go about showing your dog not to, not to be able to do that. But the other thing is just, you know, supervision for your dog when they're at the, when they're at the window. Um, I like to teach the quiet command uh, with a remote caller. And so, because I do like my dogs to bark. Um, and so a lot of times I'll just call my dog away from the window um, and then I can reward them for that. But if they are barking obnoxiously, uh, a quiet command uh, that is conditioned uh, with a remote caller can actually do a really good job of telling the dog that you don't want them to be excessively barking. Okay, okay well, here's the big question. <laughs> can dogs get an STD? Like, do you have any inclination here? No, I'm not even going to. I have nothing to offer there. Yeah, like, why would you even ask that? Like, this is a dog training show. Like... What? Yeah. So look, if, like I always want to try to bring, I always want to try to bring value, but I'm pretty sure that the person that was asking this. I think sometimes people just want to see what you'll say. Oh yeah. But so look, like, I, look, I'm not a veterinarian. I've, so I've bred one litter of dogs in my lifetime. It was an accident. It was an accident when we bred the litter of dogs. Um, but honestly, I've never, ever, ever heard of a dog having an STD. Now, yeah, like I've heard of humans having them, but I've never heard, I've never heard of a dog getting an STD. So like, if this is, if you're, if you're truly wondering if your dog can get an STD, ask your veterinarian because they're really set up to be able to answer the question the best. Just fix your dog and know. Yeah, like, yeah, no fix, yeah. well, but, but hold on. Okay, now, okay, because now, now like, well, all right. I, I don't think that I don't think that fixing it actually like okay. So let's just say that if if the dog can get an STD, fixing it isn't going to get rid of the problem. 
Well, okay, yeah, so if they're not it. going into heat, then most likely someone's not well, that, going yeah, to be gonna trying be there. to... It's not going to be there for them it's to It's not going to be as enticing. Okay. That's, well, that's just my angle, but... Okay, yeah, yeah no, I can... Okay, yeah, I can see it. Ask your veterinarian. I don't yeah. know if your dog can get an STD or not, or if, if dogs can get STDs or not, but I know that there's a ton of germs that will not cross from a human to a dog. Like viruses do not cross from humans to dogs and vice versa, but bacteria does. Bacteria is one thing that, you know, a dog can, you know, transmit. Yeah, now I'm really touch. wondering if this person is even they're talking just, They're just, they're just, I'm dogs. sure. Dogs, I just want to move on. Let's move on. All right, Mandy, Mandy, say, Mandy saying next. Yeah. <laughs> next. <laughs> right. Thank you. Okay. Um, how should I calm my dog down? What do you think, Mandy? <laughs> well, right, you know, like, how should you calm your dog down? Well, you got to be calm yourself. Yeah. Yeah, like, have I, I don't know if I've ever said this on here. You have to be more patient and assertive than your dog is. Yeah. Excited, ignorant, stubborn, stubborn. you know, a- any of those things. And so, um, the place. Ca- yeah, you know, the place. So, from a practical skill standpoint, the place stay is good. A sit stay is actually pretty good too. Yeah. You know, I actually saw this. There's a video that we have that came out maybe about a year ago, um, and uh, we had a we had this golden doodle on their place, and and the and I had just walked in the door and the the golden doodle was just going absolutely crazy, um, and then I told the owner like, hey, you know, leash walk your dog over to this uh, the side of the staircase. The staircase was maybe about four or five feet. Uh, yeah, well, a few feet from the door. And so he got his dog to sit between the staircase and him, and the dog calmed down in like like record time, probably like four or five seconds. And and my superstition there, or my you know, my assumption there is that you know that you had he had the wall, the dog was here, and then the person was there, and all that pressure surrounding the dog actually brought the dog down. Where mm-hmm. When the dog was on the play stay and nobody was necessarily standing around it, it, there wasn't any of that pressure that actually can have that calming effect. You know, people, we talk about pressure all the time, and a lot of it is invisible. Obviously, you can feel, but anytime they were in proximity to each other, close to each other, that can be, there can be pressure there, and yeah, and that can really, you know, tell a dog to become calmer. All right, let's get, let's get one more, okay? Okay, um... My daughter gets her ankles bit. How can I make my dog not bite people's ankles? So whatever moves the fastest is actually what gets the attention. And I tell people that all the time. So a dog really uses their eyes quite a bit to determine what they're going to go after. Okay. I'm actually training a dog right now that um, they have some problems with the dog actually nipping and chasing after, uh, after their grandchildren's ankles. Uh, and so what, what I taught them is a principle that I like to teach about teaching the dog how to be in the game and then how to be on the bench. So yes, it goes back to place training again, but it really teaches your dog about being calm. So what I like to do is I like to take the dog off of their place and introduce them to a game. And so one of the games that we play is we play with a ball and a rope and we have our dog actually chasing around and biting the ball. And they're doing a good job of that. And then, you know, the humans are down there too and the humans are interacting. So what I'm looking for the dog to do in the midst of chasing this ball around is I actually want the dog to make a mistake and put a tooth 
on a human. Now, I don't mean a bite, but I just mean that the dog accidentally is going for the ball. Oh, I touched you with my tooth. Mm -hmm. At that moment, then you would take your leash, you would end the game, and you would put the dog on the bench, the place. And then you would continue the game, and then the dog would try to get back in the game. You show the dog, hey, now that everything is moving around, the kids are still running around, the ball is still bouncing around, you got to stay on your place. You got to stay on your place until we release you. Once I see the dog actually come down, I wait just a few seconds, and then I get the dog back in there to begin to play with people. So you can stop your dog, you can stop your dog from chasing little kids by correcting them when they do so. But I really think that you got to take a more holistic approach right here and show the dog that, hey, we're going to bring you into the game. We're going to play this game where you get to use your teeth. You get to pounce around. You get to make contact. But one of the rules is, is that you can't contact us. If you do contact a human with your tooth, even if it was a mistake, you're going to get benched 100% of the time. And as you go through that of bringing the dog up in excitement, teaching them how to play a game together with you, putting them back on their place and asking them to calm down, I think that that's actually going to do the best job of actually showing your dog, you know, how to actually calm down and stop chasing your kids around. So, well, guys, that's all, that's all I've got. Um, really appreciate each and every one of y'all. If this is your first time watching, hey, it would really mean a lot to me if you would hit that subscribe button. Please be sure you uh, sign up for notifications as we're releasing uh, daily dog training tips. I have my virtual reality videos. We have how-to videos in the more standard format. And, of course, we have these live shows, which we're going to be doing uh, just about every other week on Sunday, on Sunday nights. But, hey, appreciate each and every one of y'all. If you got anything out of this show, please make sure you hit the thumbs up before you get out of here. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. All right, good night. Bye. Thank you.